Welcome to the Real Freedom Podcast, where we inspire you to pursue your passion to gain time and financial freedom through opportunities in real estate. I'm your host, Mike Swenson. Let's get some real freedom together. Welcome everybody to the Real Freedom Podcast. And today I am so excited to share with you. Uh, we've got Lane Kawaoka here. And Lane's going to share. So he, his background actually was uh, engineering. So, you know, we think about the people that were raised, uh, you know, get a good education, get a good job, um, invest in your 401k, and you're going to have enough money to retire. And so Lane is here to kind of share how his path has, has gone outside of that. Um, you know, thinking about your, your parents and, and that's the path that they took. Um, but, but now you're investing full time. Um, you've got simple passive cashflow.com. Uh, you've got uh, your podcast, a uh, couple of awesome YouTube channels and over 6,000 units right now that you're investing in. So um, welcome Lane. So excited to have you here. And if you just want to share a little bit more about your story. Yeah. Um, so yeah, exactly what you said. I, I call it the linear path. We're all kind of brainwashed to invest in your 401k, buy a house to live in, work at a job, do mm -hmm. the 401k stuff. Um, I learned pretty early on that like I bought a rental pretty early and I got that taste of cash flow, right? That monthly revenue mm -hmm. after expenses, repairs, property management. And I was like, wow, if I keep doing this, I'll be able to quit my day job, fire my boss. Um, mm -hmm. So I got tried to get educated on it a lot more, started to buy properties that were better rent to value ratios, um, started investing in Seattle, but then realized, you know, sophisticated investors invest in more places like the Midwest, like Arizona, Texas, Alabama, Florida, you know, places like that, that you wouldn't think otherwise. And um, yeah, around started in 2009, around 2015, I had 11 rentals. And that was kind of when I kind of transition more as a credit investor to private placements and syndications. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, talking about, talking about, you know, getting a good job, investing in your 401k, um, you know, I was a, an entrepreneurship major in college and I remember, um, you know, taking classes and, and talking with some of my classmates about investing in stocks. Um, and I remember, you know, thinking about how much money could I put into my 401k? I made a spreadsheet of, you know, if I hit this rate of return and I continue to contribute this much, here's how much money I'll have at the end of, you know, of my retirement or when I, I guess of my start of retirement. And it's just so interesting to see how, you know, there's so many people that are led to believe that. And you think about the returns that you can get in real estate are phenomenal compared to that. And, you know, I think a lot of the myths in the market are people think like, oh, the, the, the real estate market is going to crash. Um, and the reality is the stock market can crash too. And so um, if you want to just share a little bit about, um, you know, maybe how your portfolio has grown from 11 units, obviously you've, you've done syndications and how that's grown, but just show people kind of that path of how one step leads to the next step. Um, because I think, you know, when they hear 6,000 units, it's just like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do that. Um, but kind of walk us through that, that progression and how you go from one unit to 11 units to 6,000 units. Yeah. I mean, you know, exactly to your point, right? Like this, this stuff is like the 401k stuff just doesn't work. It's just all the crap that they want you to invest in because that's how these Wall Street companies make you hopeful, make a whole lot of money through hidden fees. Um, so, I mean, the hardest one is your first rental property. Um, mm -hmm. And 
you know, you find something that cash flows on a monthly basis. So not only does it pay the debt service and interest and taxes, but also the, the repairs is about 10% a month, the vacancy, property management. Um, if people want to go download my analyzer, the spreadsheet that kind of breaks this all down, they can go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash analyzer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just really start to wrap your head around it, right? Um, after, you know, you kind of do the quick and dirty 1% rent to value ratio where you take the monthly rents divided by the purchase price, you know, you got to really dig into the numbers, but it's not rocket science. Um, and then, mm-hmm. and like you said, like everybody kind of freaks out that aren't really sophisticated. Like they watch this YouTube and like, Oh my God, the, the market's going to crash. Well, you know, like the way we do things, we're passive real estate investors. We buy for cash flow. So like all those suckers in 2008 that were buying houses, they were all buying properties based on appreciation and they're, and it wasn't the pure fact that they were highly leveraged, but if the damn property didn't cash flow on a monthly basis to pay the debt service. Mm-hmm. So what we do is we invest in properties with a healthy amount of buffer so that should anything happen in the economy, you know, we drop our rents and we stay in business. And what's great about us is like we can stay in business, keep renting out our properties, still cash flow, put off the assets, and then all these other suckers betting for appreciation, the house flippers, et cetera, you know, we kind of buy up shop after there's, there's blood in the streets. Mm-hmm. So I know there's people out there that are saying, you know, as, as they're listening to this, like, well, how, how can I find a property that cash, that cash flows correctly? Um, they're just not out there. It's too tough. I can't find one. Um, what would you say to those people or how would you encourage them to, to, to find the right properties or to kind of help them to know where to start? Yeah, I mean it's pretty easy in my opinion. I mean, like I mean, we're not trying to find diamonds in the rough properties. Like a lot of my clients are passive investors, they're higher net worth, they're successful business uh, owners, mm-hmm. they make multiple six figures, they already have money. Like all these tricks and games that wholesalers play, we don't do any of it, right? Because our time is more valuable than screwing around with that stuff. So a lot of times we're buying retail turnkey ready rentals, right? And you can Google turnkey rentals. I mean, go to my website there's a whole turnkey rental guide i think it's simplepassivecastle.com slash turnkey and you can go read all about it you basically go buy a freshly rehab property and you're paying a little bit extra but if it cash flows on a monthly basis who cares right that's still better than what you're getting in the stock market stuff Mm -hmm. and then then you just kind of go about from there and then what's cool about this is um, I mean, most people do it the, the wrong way, right? They, there's this accumulation theory with the whole 401k traditional wealth building where you build up two to $4 million of, of money and you live off of the proceeds. But the problem there is you're eating away at the pile of cash, the benching pile of cash goes away. Mm-hmm. And you're trying to time it so that when you die, you, you don't have, you still have something. Yep. But the, the, what you want to be doing in that situation is, you know, begin with the end in mind. When you get to that stage, you want cash flow. So begin with that strategy now and create cash flow streams today all these little mini rentals or if you're an accredited investor syndications and private placements that kick off this cash flow today and what's cool for especially for most of my clients that are still working um, they they don't need to eat these cash flow streams yet so the cash flow streams create more cash flow streams so whether you want to call it cash flow babies or mini pension funds i mean it just keeps steamrolling steamrolling i mean it took me a long time to buy my first two or three rental properties and then around 2011, um, you know, I was saving maybe fifty, a hundred thousand dollars a year. I think that was my big advantage. Um, it's not like I made 
you know, multiple six figures. I was maybe making 120 grand my best year, but I was super frugal and putting all that money into investment properties. Mm -hmm. Um, But around the time I had 11 properties in 2015, I felt the pinch. I mean, I had property management um, all the time. I don't know how to do a fiction or these, I don't know how to fix toilets, right? But Mm -hmm. um, so you hire professionals to do all this stuff. But for 11 rentals at a few hundred dollars of cash flow each, you have maybe $3,000 of cash flow a month, like, which is awesome. But I don't know what American family can survive off of that. Most of my clients, they talk about $10,000 passive a month as kind of like the baseline. Mm-hmm. And to get that, you're going to need 30 rental properties um, to do that. And with 11 rentals, I had maybe an eviction or two every month, every every year, some kind of big issue that happened every quarter, like a tree falling on the house or like a flood in a basement or something like that. Um, not not a problem, right? But when you have 30 rentals, you multiply the exception rate by three, and now you're talking about eviction every other month. It's a kind of big catastrophe mm-hmm. almost every few weeks. And that was where I started to search for the next thing, got around other high-paid doctors, lawyers, engineers, and found that they were investing in private placements as a LP passive investor. Well, and I think that's <clears throat> when you said, you know, think about the begin with the end in mind, Right. Um, you know, is my goal to go fix all the toilets, right? There's always the, as the landlord, it's the leaky toilet at 2 a.m., right? So is my plan to do that? Well, no, then you find good people that can help, that you can use to, to leverage your time. And eventually it's going to leverage your income and it's going to help you to grow faster. So I think, you know, a lot of times people think they have to do every single thing on that first property. And you spend so much time doing that stuff that you don't get to focus on the next property and the next property. So now when you got started, um, were you um, were you investing in properties in Hawaii or you were you already looking in other states kind of at the beginning there? Yeah, I mean, I my first few properties were in Seattle because I happened to live there. You know, even Seattle, you don't want to invest there because the rent to value ratios are horrible. Just like right. California, Portland, New York, Boston, like you just don't invest in these primary markets. You got to look for these more secondary and tertiary markets, like a Birmingham, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Kansas City, place like that, where the rent to values ratios work out there. So then, looking in other states, how how did you go about finding? the properties and then finding people to help you with buying the properties. Yeah. So you can go about this two ways. You can go after a straight turnkey provider. Yep. Um, we can help you kind of, you know, you're overpaying a little bit um, by doing it that way, which, but it's fine. You know I mean? They, they hook you up with a property manager or you can kind of go to a broker and kind of find out the teams that they would recommend. And that's how you find your property manager. The property manager is the most important part of this whole thing finding a mm-hmm. good one. Um, but this is where it's like your network is your net worth. Um, find other pure passive investors. That's where we have our community of other passive investors to kind of leverage off of and don't work with just randos off the internet. Um, <laughs> that's Or certainly don't go after like the big brokerages like Century 21, Keller Williams, et cetera, because you're just working with the dude that can sell houses. You're looking for like a good property manager that that, that can handle class B and C tenants. So let's talk about, let's talk about the class tenants a little bit. Cause I know that's something for a newer investor, you know, you've got a B C neighborhoods, um, and tenants. So, so talk through that for somebody who doesn't really know what, what's class a class B class C. 
Yeah, I mean, we can break it down. Uh, we talk about in terms of tenant class and an asset class. Mm-hmm. So the asset class is, that's a simpler one. Like the newer properties, those are class A. Uh, once you get around 1990s to 1970s, that's more of a class B asset. And then 1960s and older is class C. And then D and F, I mean, that's just old crap, you know, at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, there's no hard and fast rule with this stuff, especially with the tenant profile class, right? Or the the neighborhood quality. So like A classes, you know, your cool yuppie areas, right? You know, where a young gal can go running in the evening time. Where mm-hmm. in the class B era, that that's something happening, you know, like, you know, you, you and I would be already hanging out in a class B area, you know, unless you're rolling with a bunch of friends, right? Mm-hmm. Um, class C, we wouldn't really want to be there during the daytime. But, you know, most people are like, well, those, those are where you get the best returns, right? The class D and F, but mm-hmm. you, that's also combined with the most headaches there. So like, that's where like the sweet spot is kind of in the middle that B class area. It's not going to be in the best school districts. It's not going to be in the safe, safest of areas, mm-hmm. but at least you're not going to have like homicide or those kind of extremely violent crimes in that area. Like it's, this is the sweet spot. And this is, I think what scares away a lot of investors, right? Like most people think of investing in sexy luxury type of stuff. But the reason why we invest in the B class stuff is it's the lower middle class of America. That's where the most demand is for this type of stuff. And in recessions, it's the A class people who lose their jobs and cascade down to the B's and the C's. The B's move to the C's, um, and that's why we kind of like to stay positioned here um, because we're hedged against any type of bad economic times. Yeah. Well, and I think a good point, a, a good thing to remember too is, yeah, it it may not be a neighborhood that that you're planning on living in, and yet at the same time, there's there's lots of people that do enjoy living there and need to live there, and so I think that's the difference. You know, thinking about a mindset of an investor versus a homeowner is you do have to separate yourself. You know, like oh, that's not a neighborhood that I would like to live in. Well, that's okay. You're not living in that neighborhood. Your tenant's living in that neighborhood. So, and and yeah, yeah each person's a little bit different. Um, you may enjoy a certain neighborhood. Somebody else may not enjoy that neighborhood. So you're just finding properties that are a good fit for you and a good fit for what your, your goals are and what you want to do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, most of our clients, you know, they live in California or Hawaii or some high priced area. A lot of time. I mean, this is just for me personally, like it's a culture shock. First time I went to Birmingham, Alabama, I was like, are you serious? Like, this is this is crazy out here. You can buy properties for a hundred thousand dollars. They're actually pretty decent. Um, mm-hmm. This is crazy, um, and like that's that's how most of America lives in these types of housing where they pay a thousand bucks a month for rent. Um, mm-hmm. We're the crazy ones that pay you know four hundred, six hundred thousand dollars plus for starter homes out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I mean, if if an investor is kind of like, well, I'm not comfortable doing it well cool man just go invest in your 401k stuff we know what's going to happen there you know just gonna keep like working at your day job till you get old and die and but this is you know financial independence or people who get out of their comfort zone and do this smartly and and when you're buying rentals you should get a property manager you don't really need to go to the property yourself and you know if you're really 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 that queasy and you have the net worth for it I and mean, that's where you go to syndications and private placements so you don't you just rely on the asset manager and the operator to kind of deal with all this stuff. Yeah, let's talk for a second. Um, <clears throat> so about syndication, private placement. 
Um, what is that for the person that doesn't know? Um, and how do you find people that do that so you can get connected? Yeah, I mean, so you can invest as a non-incredit investor into most deals. The problem is you're probably not in the network or of the people who are doing the deals. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, this is all kind of comes down to where you are in the journey. If your net worth is under a quarter million and you, you don't have any money, um, you got to get your finances right, guys, first, right? This is real estate investing. If you don't have money to invest, you can't real estate invest. Mm-hmm. Go flip some houses, go wholesale some properties, go play real estate agent and make some money, right? Or go to an engineering job or go play doctor. Mm-hmm. You got to make money to this first. And then, you know, what I would recommend people starting out who are lower on the network scale is go buy a handful of rentals first. But for most of the investors that we work with are credit investors, they don't have the time to be dealing with a property manager, broker on some small property where they make a couple hundred bucks of cash flow every month. That's nothing to them. Mm-hmm. And that's where investing in private placements and syndications come into play where a group of investors would pull their money together. And the way it kind of works is the analogy is kind of like it's an airplane where the general partners are in the cockpit. The general partners are the ones who find the deal, put the lending, mm-hmm. the debt in their name. They operate it. They pay out distributions. They kind of do everything. Where the passive investors come in the back coach, they invest you know, anywhere from like $25,000 to $250,000 minimum. And mm-hmm. they sit back and they cash their checks and they relax. They don't do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, it's called private placements for a reason. It's a lot of this stuff is very private. And um, you know, finding good, reputable people to work with is very difficult. I mean, I've, I've invested with a couple of bad folks in the past and, you know, the only way to really mitigate that is to build relationship with other passive investors first. So you can figure out who are the people that they're investing in more probably who to stay away from. So, so for somebody that, okay, now I've accumulated, let's just say $250,000, you're starting to network with network with other people. Um, I assume you're just asking for referrals, like, okay, what, what syndicates are you investing in? Um, And then too, like you said, part of it is also matching the money. So some might say, you know, hey, $25,000 is the minimum that it takes to be a part of this one. Some, it might be $100,000. So you kind of have to find the match of the amount of money that you have to invest with the um, syndicate that accepts that that chunk of money, I guess. And and for the most part, if somebody's willing to take less than 50 Gs from you, I would run away because they're probably really desperate for cash and they're new. Right. Yeah. And this is what makes it extremely hard. Everybody does a podcast today to raise capital. Everybody's got like a fake book they have. It's really hard to determine who's legit. Like who's a large institution that has been doing this for a decade? Who's mm-hmm. done 20, 30 deals? And who's just took a boot camp the other weekend and is on their first, second, third, fourth, fifth deal? It's extremely hard to figure this out. This is why I always say, don't waste your time talking to syndicators and sponsors. Go talk to other pure passive investors actually investing in this stuff. And they are accredited investors. So a lot of this has to do with the people that you hang out with. If you're going to the local RIA, it's probably the wrong place to be going because most of those guys are broke. They're just trying to flip some houses and wholesale houses. Again, you're looking for people that have a net worth a million dollars or greater investing in this type of stuff. And a lot of those guys value their privacy. And they already got their network. So it, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult, right? Like a lot of the free Facebook forums and free, free forums out there, mm-hmm. they're free for a reason because they track the broke guys, right? Um, yeah. 
So a lot of, once you find your kind of circle of high net worth people, stay close to them, but it's going to take most people a few years to really find your tribe. And and how did that work for you personally? Um, I paid for a lot of um, conferences and paid to get into a lot of masterminds. Um, and then you just, you just kind of network with people and you figure out and you add value to each other. Um, it's hard. I mean, that's, this is why I created the simple passive cash flow like group, right? Because there's not many groups out there that are strictly pure passive investors. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you touched on a good point of, um, that you paid, right. Um, free groups are fantastic. There's, there's certainly a place for that, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it's who you associate with and, and you're probably going to have to think about opening up your checkbook a little bit, or I guess checkbook is probably an old term. Um, but in that but, credit card, right? Yeah. Tap, yeah. Tap you're going to, yeah. You're going to have to to spend a little bit of money to make more money. And it's an investment too, right? Like if I went to go get my MBA um, in some other area, it's going to cost me money, right? And it's going to cost me maybe upwards of $100,000 plus to get an NBA. So why wouldn't I spend money to associate myself with top people in real estate investment investing to help me make more money? So it's that same mindset. You're paying for education. You're paying for who you're associating with. Um, and they have great knowledge, right? So um, it's it's money well spent, but it's finding the right people. Because yeah, you certainly could spend money in the wrong places and it's not going to get you where you want to yeah. go. Yeah. And, and here's kind of the pro tip. I mean, like once your net worth goes over half a million, this is very important. Your network is your net worth, as they say. But if you're under that threshold, you know, quarter million, half a million, go out and make some money because like the groups that you're going to have access to when you're broke, I call everybody brokers under a million dollars, by the way. I don't want to offend anybody, but that's what I do. Because in the grand scheme of things, you don't have a million dollars. You don't really have much. And you're kind of just, you're in this stage, this incubation stage, stage one, where you got to go buy rental properties. You got to do what other people have done. And this Mm -hmm. is the hardest part, unfortunately. But you're not going to have access to people who are higher net worth. And the only groups that you're going to have access to are just other people kind of in your shoes that are kind of in the same scarcity mentality mindset where everybody's climb, climbing on top of each other. You meet other people. Yeah, they might be motivation buddies, but they're not going to really be the people that's going to help you be that person that's going to get you to that next level. Um, mm-hmm. And that's why I, I see too often, especially real estate agents when they're getting started, they just waste a lot of freaking time going to all these networking events. Like, why the hell would you want to network with other agents at this scale, right? Like, spend your time cold calling for something. You know, that's the kind of stuff you have to do in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And then once once you start to get past that threshold, some that half a million dollar net worth, in my opinion, that's when I think you start to pay to play. So why don't you share with us? Because um, I know we're we're getting close here on time. Um, talk a little bit more about simplepassivecashflow.com. Talk about um, you know some of the lessons that you share with people, and um, you know what what can people learn from you, or how can they connect with you to kind of get started on this journey, or or kind of make that next step. Yeah. So I started the podcast back in 2016. At the time, I was still buying rental properties. I think I was just barely a credit investor at that point. Um, mm-hmm. And all my friends would ask me, well, how are you buying these properties remotely? So a lot of the first dozen or so podcasts were all about like tactile, like how do you buy rental properties? Because there's all this garbage out there, right? All these gurus teaching stuff. And then they're trying to trick people who don't have money to spend $20,000, $40,000 per program. 
And I thought that was kind of nonsense. So I was like, well, here it is. Here's all here for free. Like a lot of stuff on the website's for free, especially for new people getting started. Um, but then, you know, as I was kind of going through a transformation as a credit investor, I started to realize that investing wasn't really that important. It got you the tax, these passive activity losses to play these different games under taxes. But the way the wealthy do it, once you get to net worth million dollars or more, is more about taxes, legal protection, infinite banking, and you pulling that strategy together. And then that's really how you take it to the next four to five million dollar level. And that's a lot what I kind of talk about today on the podcast and, you know, mm-hmm. breaking, basically breaking down the secrets of the wealthy. And then what I realized is the stuff that the wealthy do is very different than what the average people are taught, right? Like don't do 401ks, don't do any retirement plans. I don't know why I was talking to a family office friend and then he was like, dude, what is this like qualified retirement plans people got? Like, I don't know, man, that's what like broke guys, like people try and sell this stuff to broke guys as retirement accounts. Like it doesn't make any sense or Roth IRAs and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. that's maybe what the Peter Thiels are doing because they're doing these things nefariously. But like, that's not what really like wealthy people do. Like they invest in real estate that's tax-free anyway. And they pay their taxes on stuff now to get it out of that broken system. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's what kind of simplepassivecashflow.com is all about. And of course, the podcast associated with it. Yeah. And I would encourage folks to, I mean, you've, you've got a lot of great information on your YouTube channel um, that people can see. And so obviously you're very sophisticated in your approach and you've been at this a long time. And for people just getting started, just spend some time on the YouTube channel. You've got some great educational pieces, listen to the podcast um, and really start to take those steps. But I love what you said in, with the mindset of begin with the end in mind, um, because yeah, do you want to be the person that you know follows the four percent rule, where you're just taking out four percent of your four hundred one k and and hope that you don't outlive <laughs> outlive your retirement plan, or do you want to be the person that builds income that consistently has that coming in? Because when you're retired, wouldn't it be nice to have more and more income coming in versus just hoping, hey, I hope I don't outlive all this money that I've saved that I've been spending the last forty years working on? Yeah. I mean, I'd say like if people are credit investors, shoot me an email, lane at simplepassivecashflow.com. Check out the info page, simplepassivecashflow.com slash syndication. But if you guys are just getting started, I mean, you guys got to pick up rental properties. Um, you guys can uh, get access to my free remote rental e-course uh, by texting word remote to 314-665-1767. So that's kind of my way to kind of give back. And you guys got to get on it. You know, stop flipping houses and buying and selling houses that that's more active stuff you got to get more passive yeah yeah and you're not going to get to six thousand unless you start so for those people that are just thinking gosh i just can't i just don't know where to start i just don't know what to do (laughs) the key is is you got to get in it and you're going to learn as you go so you at at some point you've got to make the jump in um to be able to get to six thousand units but it all starts with one and then in your case you got to 11 and then that hockey stick growth happens after that Well, thank you so much, Lane, for coming on. Um, Really appreciate you sharing. uh, Simplepassivecashflow.com. I know we're going to have that on the screen. We're going to have that in the show notes as well. Um, So reach out to Lane and uh, get educated and uh, would love to hear when the person that hears this gets to 6,000 units down the road. So thanks so much for sharing, Lane. You're obviously just a wealth of information um, and we appreciate it having you on. Thanks, Mike.